Hey, everybody. He's Winger. I'm Russell. She's Stella. No, wait, that ain't it. He's Ox. I'm starting to hulk of the big toe. She's Louise. No, that ain't it either. We may not be in the Army, and this may not be Stripes, but this is Mikey's report. During Ted Drewster, how are you? I've lost my job, my apartment, my car, and my girlfriend. Well, the Army can turn your life around. Oh, I knew it. She was walking next to me. Singing to what did it, did it, did it, do. Ted from Germany! The show still goes on from Germany! Welcome, welcome, welcome everybody to episode 71, the big David Dixon episode, Ted. Guten Tag, my Freund. Yeah, that too. We're going to cover that tonight too. This is a fantastic feeling when man a Kassenschlager has. Not a Kassenschlager in America, but a Kassenschlager international. So the film is really very good. Have you eaten a lot of Schnauzer and Schnitzel and Schnauzer? And Folks, don't order the Schnitzel. They're using Schnauzer. Dude, <laughs> Dude no. Got in yesterday afternoon, took a shower, took a nap, got something to eat, went right back to bed. It's jet, lag is, jet lag is real. You were pretty disoriented when you got there, right? <laughs> I kind of, dude, I, I took a nap and I woke up and it took me a good two minutes to figure out who I was, where I was, what time it was. Oh, oh this is the mess hall. How's it going, Eisenhower? I, I like that. It was one of those points in my life I had, oh my God, what the hell's going on? But uh, I figured it out and yeah, been been working today and getting getting stuff set up for what I'm here for, which starts tomorrow, and we're here through through the week, and I'll be home next weekend. So, yeah. Well, we're glad you made it, Ted. We hope you have some schnauzer tonight. Is that a real – is that a food? You are in the Schnitzel. Open up a Waffle House and call it Luft Waffle House. We put a bucket of stick on the bottom, my dear. Keep hopping. Keep hopping, honey. There you go. Never got a chance to do that. That would have been great. Thank God. What do we got coming up on episode 71 for the people tonight, Ted? Well, we're going to talk about our Rook Dog Challenge. We're going to talk about our show schedule now that training camp is getting ready to start. Well, actually, by the time this show airs, training camp will be already underway. Can't wait. Yes, training camp has started. That's a fact, So we'll talk about our show schedule now that we're getting ready for, for our regular season. We got a couple training camp battles we're going to highlight that we think are something that's worth watching now that camp's underway and, and things are going. We got our final installment of our draft pick review, depth chart analysis with first-round pick Lewis Seen out of Georgia. Of course, we couldn't have a Vikings report with Drew and Ted without trivia by Tunches. How are you tonight, Tunches? How, how's it going? I'm doing good. Excited about this week. With camp starting, so now maybe we can have some football on the TV instead of hot dog eating championships. Not a Joey Chestnut fan, are you? No, we've got hot dog eating. What else? Darts, outdoor bowling. I mean, come on. I can't wait for football. <laughs> outdoor bowling. 
She asked the other day, they asked the cornhole championships were on. She's going, what the hell is that on TV? I go, it's the cornhole, man. That's what she said, by the <laughs> way. <laughs> German style. Wish you could kick that out in German. Das hat sie auch gesagt, man. Michael. <laughs> Michael. Come Michael, sie bitte. Da ist er wieder. Ich bitte sie. <laughs> This is good technology, Ted. You're like Sacramento. It's like, what, a thousand miles? Fifteen hundred miles? Well, I'm sure there's a lot of ways I've gone that you haven't. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know geography that well, Ted. All right. So before we get going with the show and before we start the show off, we've got our Rook Dog Challenge. Drewster, why don't you tell us about our Rook Dog Challenge? The Rook Dog Challenge is another great contest we're running here at Vikings Report, Ted. And what it is, it's very simple. It's free to enter. Because a Vikings report, if it, ain't, if it ain't free, costs too much. All you have to do below in the comments is put the offensive NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year and the NFL Defensive Rookie of the Year. They will be announced at the end of the year, so the prize will actually be given away then. The prize of $100, if you can name both of those players. How long do they have to enter, Ted? So you have until the last Saturday episode before the first regular season Thursday night game. We will let you know. Uh, on the airing of that episode, this is your last chance to enter the Rook Dog Challenge. Like Drew said, not the Vikings, who you think the Vikings rookie, offensive and defensive rookies of the year are going to be, but the NFL, which stands for not for long if you keep making mistakes like that, son. But the Viking players are eligible. If you think it's going to be like Lewis Seen or Andrew Booth Jr. Or, or whatever, by all means, put them in there. But it's for the for the entire NFL. The only issue is you can only enter one time. So if you put in a guy's name, between now and the beginning of the season, and that individual gets hurt during training camp and, and misses a good chunk or all the season, which we hope doesn't happen, you're out of luck. You're, you're not going to be able to change your entry. So one-time entry, NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year, NFL Defensive Rookie of the Year, in the YouTube comments below, closes out the last show before the Thursday regular season opener. Good way for us to give back to you, the viewer, for being uh, supportive of our show. And we like contests. Me and Ted love to win the contests. They're fun, man. I mean, who doesn't like to win stuff? Okay, and now remember, only one entry, and it has to be in by our show that airs Saturday, September 3rd, but from the 3rd through kickoff on Thursday, September 8th, the very first game of the regular season, you have to put your two names in. We've got a few entries, had a couple more last week, yes. so just put your entry in, and 100 bucks can be yours by the end of the year. Counting this show, Ted Theodore Glover, we have five shows remaining. Okay. So after this show, you'll have... Four shows remaining. Four. Four. And then after four, three, I think. We. Home. One. <laughs> All right, Drew. What time is it? Ted? In Hamburg, <laughs> I'm cooler than you are. So why don't you fix your little schnitzel and light this candle? Yeah, hold. Lighten this candle. <laughs> Yes, we're setting the countdown. All right, I'm cooler than you are. Why don't you fix your little problems and light this candle? He's right. Let's light this candle. He surely is. Light the candle. Yes. Resume the countdown. <laughs> you know, the resume the countdown guy in real life, that's Werner Von Braun, who was the guy that developed the V2 rocket, hardcore Nazi. America kind of overlooked all that when he said, hey, I can deliver the space program for you, so... Uh, we have been given the scientific knowledge, the technical ability, and the materials to pursue the exploration of the universe. Uh, I never knew that! So let's talk about, Drewster, our show schedule. 
So in the off season, as you guys know, we, we air Saturday mornings at 10. If you remember, if you were with us last year, uh, you'll remember that we moved and we're going to do that again this year to Friday morning at 10. And if you're new to the show, haven't watched us during the regular season last year, during the regular season, our show airs Friday morning at 10 a.m. Central Time. And we do that because it's essentially a show preview. We've got the old big board we've used from the old NFL Today, kind of modified it. It's kind of a cool thing. What nice tribute to the old NFL Today pregame show with Brent Musburger and Jimmy the Greek Snyder and Phyllis George and Irv Cross and, and Jane Kennedy was on there for a few years as well. So we modified it, kind of tweaked with it a little bit last year to get the categories we like. And that'll be coming back Friday morning at 10 a.m. Central, which will be our weekly preview show. And then kind of the great, awesome postgame show we do live. Right after every Vikings game, it's Vikings Report Rewind. Our buddy Christopher Gates, you've seen him. He joins us for all the post-game shows. He was on our draft coverage this year. He'll join us at the end of every regular season game. So we're going to Fridays at 10 a.m. This will be starting week one. Instead of September 10th on a Saturday, it'll show up September 9th, Friday morning, September 9th, 10 a.m. Central Time. Now, what we're going to try and do, and I, I've got a look at the the schedule see if there's any nationally televised game we're either going to try and do a vikings report rewind preseason special or live watch game special but we all have to be able to watch the game at the same time to be able to do that we'll see how that goes to be determined more to follow on that either way we're going to run something live with chris gates before the season starts yes we are miss chris gates I haven't talked to him in a while it's not just the uniform it's the stories that you tell. So much fun and imagination. We need to get him back on the show and get the season kicked off. 43 days today, Ted. But you can't kick off the season without training camp. And training camp for the Minnesota Vikings is underway in Egan, Minnesota. And, buddy, I'm fired up about it. I'm like Ox in that mud wrestling tournament. You're different. You're weird. You're a mutant. You're a killer. You're a train killer. I'm a mean lead fighting machine. I am that fired <laughs> up about it. I'm excited for this year. The last two or three years, I can't really say I've been excited about the Vikings. And we've talked about it in past episodes that there was this malaise, this this oh. cloud of, of gloom, uneasiness. Well, gloom, yeah. Cloud of gloom. That just it, it was hard to get fired up about this team, even after the draft, the free agency, and all that. That's gone. That's washed away. We got a new head coach. We got a new GM. We got some got some new players. And we got some training camp battles I think we need to be looking out for. This team feels like it has a lot more potential than it had the last couple of years. I think it does, too. I mean, you know, there, there's some things that have to go right. And rookies have to play well and step up. And some veteran guys have to maintain their level of production. But when you look at the roster overall, I don't think there's a whole lot of undecided roster spots except for some down roster spots you know the last one or two guys at a position on the depth chart i think for the most part and with the the few exceptions we'll talk about here the viking starters are pretty much established i would think are you on the same page with that me on there i am in agreement with you amigo just like the em50 yeah i think there's two or three positions that seem unsettled but everything else has got the guys already set right in place and i think everybody knows who that is right guard I mean, where do you want to start with this? Let's start a quarterback. So, okay, Kirk Cousins, established starter. Nobody's supplanting him. But I think, and maybe it's just me and my hopeless optimism, but I think there might be a battle for the backup QB2 between Kellen Mond and Sean Mann. I like what Kevin O'Connell has said about Kellen Mond in the offseason. 
We are the wretched refuse. We're the underdog. We're mutts. Hard worker. You know, I mean, he's saying all the right things, which, if for nothing else, is miles above what Mike Zimmer said. The mod thing is interesting to me, and I got a good take for preseason. Okay, go. Preseason should go as follows, Ted. There's three preseason games. Week one against the Raiders. Cousins can trot out all the starters. They can play for one series. Kellen Mond plays the rest of the game. Week two, we come home. The Niners. Cousins can run out the starters. They can do the skull chant. The starters can play a series. Kellen Mond plays the rest of the game. Week three at Denver. Give Cousins about a quarter, maybe a quarter and a half. If he has a couple good scoring drives, only maybe one quarter. Kellen Mond plays the rest of the game. Mannion shouldn't play at all in the preseason. Kellen Mond should play 90% of all the snaps in preseason. I 100% agree with you. He got six years with Sean Mannion. You know what he can do. Waste of time running him out there and taking snaps away from Kellen Mond. Mond is the guy you need to find out what's going on with him. I would go even one step farther. I would start him with the first team either week two or week three of the preseason. I don't think you can get a truly fair evaluation of Mond by playing with second, third, string guys and guys that let's face it are not going to be in the roster after they cut down to the fifth three men that's a great point i would like to see him get a series or two with the rest of the starting 10 offensive linemen because like you said sean Mannion is who he is we saw enough of sean Mannion in green bay last year that we don't need to see that again and with nate stanley getting released it points even more to more mon time more kellen mon yeah i would think so maybe they'll sign a guy for just being a camp arm Right now, I think the only three guys on the roster are Mond, Cousins, and Mannion. If it was me, I would play Mond as much as I possibly can. That's a good point about the starters. You run Cousins out there when they come home to play the Niners week two of the preseason. They don't really need to work on much you know, starting offense with Cousins. You're right. Maybe run Mond out there with Justin Jefferson. They've only got one home preseason game this year, and that's the game I would start Mond. And I, I'd make it well-known early in the week. Look, Kirk is our guy. We know what Kirk can do. Say all the great things you need to to make sure that people won't freak out about it because people freak out about it anyways. Sergeant Hoka isn't always going to be there to be that big toe for us. But then Kevin O'Connell can turn around and say, look, I just want to see how Kellen can do with the first team. So we're going to start him and play him a series or two with the rest of the first team because that really helps in our evaluation process of of what we want to see out of the guy. And I would be totally on board with that they didn't do anything last year to find out what they had with mon nothing no and and, and I, I blame that all on mike zimmer with his pettiness and and dumb. with his infighting with spielman it was just it was it was so dumb so hopefully that will change this year and mon will get a lot of playing time in the preseason anyways for running back you know again dalvin cook's the established starter alexander madison was presumed backup but there are a couple intriguing guys between behind Alexander Madison and, and second-year dude Kane Wangwu and rookie Ty Chandler. And I just wonder if Madison might not be in some trouble in terms of, of being the primary backup guy. I think he is. A couple weeks ago, we did our breakout players, and you mentioned Kane Wangwu and how much you'd like to see him in the running back game a little more because, let's face it, speed, speed, speed. That guy has amazing speed. And when you get speed on the field, that translates into Hitting pay dirt, Ted. I would have to say that uh, Wang Chung Wangwu is going to give Madison a run for the number two spot. I like Madison. He's solid. But like you said, he's kind of Leroy Hordish. He's a good backup. And in the NFL, you need good backups.
But when you look at what the Vikings are trying to do with Kevin O'Connell bringing over the Rams offense, he just doesn't have a, a, a workhorse back. But Dalvin Cook's a special guy, and, and he, he's a three-down guy you can, you can run with, you can throw the ball to. I think they're going to look at guys like Wangu and, and Chandler to be these, these speedy game breakers. I mean, look, first time Wangu touched the ball as a pro, I think, he returned a kick for a touchdown. Right. After he came off the IR eligible return halfway through the season. And so he's raw and he's got work to do, but I think they're going to take a long look at him as a guy coming out of the backfield, sort of a change of pace back that can spell Dalvin Cook and create some packages for him that can get him the ball out in space and he can use that speed of his. To right. make a difference. And I, I think he will, but that's just me. Let's face it, Cook, a very special running back. Top three in the NFL when he's playing, but he does have the yeah. tendency to get hurt. And let's face it, if they were happy with the running back room, they weren't going to draft Ty Chandler. Uh, that's fair, yeah. They'd seen something they need there. They like that guy. So that guy's going to get a lot of preseason playing time. He's going to make the squad. The real only starting job, I think, that's up for grabs is on the offensive line. During the OTAs and minicamps, Garrett Bradbury and, and Jesse Davis were kind of going back and forth at center. Chris Reed was thrown in there. Then the Vikings drafted Ed Ingram in the second round out of LSU. It looks like Bradbury is probably going to be your starting center, and it's going to come down to Jesse Davis, Reed, or Ed Ingram for that starting right guard position. Now, if this was the old staff, I wouldn't give a rookie a snowball's chance in hell <laughs> of being named a starter. <laughs> we, don't, we don't care how good you are. Get on the sidelines. Right. Pay your dues. I think Ingram might be a guy that can push for a starting spot. Do you agree or not? Davis has the experience right now. It's probably Jesse Davis's job right now. But when we get through the preseason and we get – all the evaluations done i think they both have a 50 50 it's going to be one of those two guys i mean who knows but ingram definitely has the potential to wow people at camp and say this is my job and i'm taking it he's very talented the thing that intrigues me about ingram is that he's like a a borderline elite pass blocker i think that is going to carry a lot of weight for this coaching staff I, and only allowed two sacks ted yeah, he, he can keep Kirk Cousins from feeling interior pressure. And that has been the one weak spot, center and right guard, the last two years that have really, if Kirk is feeling pressure there, I mean, no quarterback is going to be really successful when you have that kind of pressure coming right up the middle. And that's where I think Ingram might be able to to stake his claim for a starting job. I kind of like his chances here. And I, I'm not saying he's going to win a starting job, but he's going to push. He's the future, though. Davis may have it on experience at week one. But Ed Ingram is the future right guard of this team. Let's not get mistaken about that. He is. If Jesse Davis does get the starting job, for example, and he doesn't play well, I don't think this new staff will hesitate to put in somebody who they think can play well. The last couple of years, the old staff just, just went with vets just because they're vets. And it doesn't matter what we thought anybody else might be able to do or could they play better or whatever. I mean, look at Garrett Bradbury. What do you call him? The Bradbury egg. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, in years past, the staff would just stay with players too long, regardless of whether they could play or not. I mean, there were guys on the bench we talked about, like Brett Jones, why isn't he playing, et cetera, et cetera. And, and I don't think we'll have that issue this year, hopefully, with the new staff. You know, it's weird, Ted. It seems like the, the entire fan base is a lot more worried about Garrett Bradbury than 
Kevin O'Connell is. Everybody's more worried. He's the one that's not worried. So he knows a little bit more about what's going on than we do. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. The Rams had a guy that had not played well, very similarly built to, to Garrett Bradbury. Brian Allen. Brian Allen, yeah, had a, had a very good year last year. So maybe maybe there's something there that O'Connell says, yeah, we had this exact same problem and we fixed it, so we got you. We'll see. Give me the rest of the O-line, Ted, so all our viewers can know who's, who's going to be the starting along the O-line because we both agree on the rest of them. Yeah, Christian Derrissaw is going to be the left tackle. And here's a spicy hot take. Christian Derrissaw is going to be the left tackle. Brian O'Neill is going to be the right tackle. Both those guys, by the end of this season, will be top 10 tackles in the NFL. Mmm, oh, that's a spicy hot take. Give me the horns. <laughs> do, 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 do. <laughs> a hot take all the way from Germany. I mean, Derrissaw was playing well last year. By the end of the year, I mean, he struggled with injuries early. But once he got on the field and played, I think he got progressively better as the season went on. O'Neal's already pretty good right tackle, I think. And he got paid last year for his efforts. I hope they stay healthy, Ted. I don't want to get into the karma about backup tackles, but it seems really thin to me. So those are your tackles. Your left guard's going to be Ezra Cleveland. That's that's a no-doubter. It feels like Bradbury's going to be your center. That's a no-doubter. So your right guard comes down to Davis or Ingram. And I'm just going to make another spicy prediction and say it's going to be Ed Ingram. Ruby, I think he's feeling spicy this morning. Saucer of milk table, too. <laughs> Wide receivers, tight ends, defensive line. Man, it's it's all fairly set. I mean, if you want to talk about who wide receiver five or six is, okay, knock yourself out. You want to talk about who tight end number four is going to be? Okay, whatever. I just think those three spots are fairly set. The only other position group where I think there may be some movement, at least with the backups, is inside linebacker. I think Jordan Hicks and Eric Kendricks are your starters going into this season. Right. But there there are some guys there that are very intriguing for a couple different reasons. You got a guy like Chaz Surratt, who was drafted last year, never saw the field. We've talked about that ad nauseum. You've got Blake Lynch, who played well in spurts. Over the last couple of years, you got rookie Brian Azamoa, who you are very high on. I think there's going to be a really brutal competition for the primary backup spots to Kendricks and Hicks. Who do you like out of that group? I want to say Surratt, but, you know, I just haven't seen enough of them to say that's the guy that's certainly going to take the spot as the next guy in. Asamoa is undoubtedly going to be the next guy in the field. I don't think you're going to be able to keep him off the field, Ted. I like Blake Lynch. Okay. Blake Clinch, Chaz Surratt. But the starters are pretty much set. You got the two stand-up guys, Hunter, Darius Smith, and your two insides are Kendricks. And man, those are really good linebackers. I yeah. tell you, if we stay healthy, we're gonna have a hell of a team. Asamo is in, and I'm gonna say Surratt. I know a lot of people aren't high on Surratt. I mean, we got these players that are on the team and we don't know anything about them because they don't play. That's the thing, you know, we're not really gonna talk about outside linebackers. But Patrick Jones is another one of those third-round picks from last year. He's the one guy that that actually did see the field a little bit, and he flashed. The corner, I think, again, is fairly well set. You've got Patrick Peterson. You've got Cameron Danson. Those are your presumed starters. I think Andrew Booth is going to challenge for a spot. The, the free agent pickup, Shannon Sullivan, he's probably going to be your nickel guy, but he seems like just a guy to me. There's potential there for Booth and fourth-round pick rookie Caleb Evans to maybe make – some noise, and move up the depth chart pretty quick. Do you see Patrick Peterson, Cameron Dantzler, and Sullivan as your starters week one, or do you see a guy like Booth overtaking somebody? Booth is – we talked about him last week on the show. Yeah, we did. That guy is super talented. He really is. I think Dantzler 
maybe we'll get the call week one just because of experience, much like Jesse Davis over Ed Ingram. But Booth, just a matter of time. You can't keep a guy with that swagger and that talent off the field very long. But the thing is, I think they're both outside guys, aren't they? Dantzler's yeah. an outside corner. Booth is yeah. an outside corner. So neither of them are really going to be playing in the slot. So I think that Sullivan's got an inside route to that job. I don't know much about that guy either. But I think Dantzler may start. But you can't have a guy like Booth standing on the sideline week after week unless you're Mike Zimmer. <laughs> I think he's going to push for a starting gig. And, and it wouldn't surprise me if you have Dantzler and Booth on the outside and they move Patrick Peterson into the nickel slot. He played a little bit in the slot some last year and, and he's not bad he's not who he was five years ago but he's still a pretty decent player the last position group really we're going to go over is safety and, and we might as well save that for our, our draft pick re- review and, and depth chart analysis because it leads in perfectly with lewis seen first round pick number 32 overall out of the national champion georgia bulldogs let's hear what he has to say On the field, I'm a different person. I just want to wreck stuff, you know, make sure my presence is felt. You know, I make an impact on the game and the team doesn't want to play me again. But off the field, I'm really laid back, chill. I like being off the radar. So, you know, I feel like you got to have to have a balance. And that's what I have, really. Um, I think they have a whole lot of creative guys there. And um, they've been some places and ran some different things in terms of defense. Mm -hmm. Where with me is it kind of allows them flexibility because I got the size, I got the speed, and I can do everything. So I'm a problem solver in a way. And that's where I see I see it fit. It's not one particular spot. It's just we want them there this week. We want them there this week. We want them there. Just solve problems. Yeah, obviously uh, getting a chance to, to, to get Lou in the building today and, and spend some time with him in my office, even watching tape with him. Um, like Quasey said, it confirms everything. Uh, that you go through the process for uh, to try to find a player that not only fits your culture and, and what you're trying to build as a team, but the physical traits, uh, you know, not only to play the position uh, that he plays, but just be a part of uh, a defensive style of football we want to play from the standpoint of the explosiveness, the vertical speed, uh, the physicality which he plays in the run game um, being a major, major factor there. Um, and then the fact that he loves football. And I can just tell talking with him, um, I give a lot, his coaches at Georgia a lot of credit. He's been very well coached. I think he'll fit right in with our defensive staff here. Uh, and, and maybe the coolest thing this morning is I think, uh, you know, we just were watching plays from, from uh, his season and, and, and kind of comparing them. And, and I'd throw out some things from, from our defense. And, and I think I heard the word why two or three times. And you guys have heard me say we want players that ask the why. We want players that want to understand uh, not only what we're asking them to do, but why we're asking them to do it. And, uh, for, a, for a young player, day one, after a really early morning flight to come in uh, and, and already be asking that question, I think we're off to a great start. Ladies and gentlemen, gracing our studio this evening is the one, the only, Drewis scene. Excellent! <laughs> Where did you get that get-up at? I am a big fan of Drewis scene. Yeah? Yeah, let's talk about Lewis scene, one of my favorite safeties in this draft, Ted. Love the hair, man. Every time Scene picks up a pass, I'm going live with this. I will be live with my Drewish Scene look. Lewis Scene! Lewis Scene! Murder Scene! Let's go! Tell me about Lewis Scene. Why, why was this guy a first-round pick? Why do you like him so much? The thing that comes right out of the gate with Lewis Scene is how physical he is. 
I'm telling you, Chad, there's going to be running back scared to hit the hole with this guy playing in there. That's what she says. <laughs> Hard hitting, downhill style, tough tackling, insane athlete. First off, did you realize that Lewis Seen is the first Georgia Bulldog ever drafted by the Vikings in the first round? Well, that's right. Fran Tarkinson was the third round guy, wasn't he? Yes. After 61 years of drafting, it seemed like they would have had one in there somewhere. Yeah, yeah. He's the first one. And okay. your, your Ted trivia tidbit, we still do it even though you're in Germany. What was the last Georgia Bulldog to get drafted by the Vikings? Can you give me a year? It was within the last 10 years. I, I can't, no. There's the snap, the hold. Oh, he shanked it. Left. Blair Walsh, that's right. Yeah. That's it. And, and Walsh was... What, like a fourth or fifth round guy, wasn't he? He was like a mid-round dude for a kicker. I think he was fourth or fifth. He was a damn good kicker yeah. before he before he ran into a wall, but he was the last guy yeah. taken from the University of Georgia. We got to find the tape of when he blew up the, the unicorn, Ted. He hit Kyle Pitts so hard, Michael Pitts felt it wherever the hell <laughs> Michael Pitts was sitting watching the game. <laughs> He's got a tendency to get chucked out of some games. But uh, you know what that does? A 15-yard penalty sends a message to the rest of the wide receivers. You're going to yeah. come across the middle. I'm going to clean your clock. Seen is a fearless player, and we need that in the Vikings. But his, his tackling stands out more than his coverage. Playing around the line of scrimmage, running down running backs. I am a big fan of Lewis Seen, Ted. Now, watching his highlights, he reminds me very much of a throwback guy, like a, in the way he hits, like Ronnie Lott, like Joey Browner. Oh, like, big time, uh, big time, like big time. Troy Polamalu, like those big time safeties that just roamed the secondary. And guys knew when they were coming across the middle, they had one eye on the ball and they were looking before they made their cut. Where's Polamalu at? Where's Browner at? Because they didn't want any of that. And a guy like Seen can absolutely set the tone for the defense. I would even throw Harrison Smith in there. Harrison Smith is a big hitter too. All great comparisons. That's very well said. I can't wait to watch this kid just lay somebody out for the first time. He was defensive MVP of the national championship. Yeah. Now, people may say, well, that's not a big deal. But when you got Jacoby Dean, Quay Walker, Jordan Davis, he was the MVP on a bunch of guys that were first round picks. Yeah. So you got yeah. to factor that in. He had 73 tackles last year, 43 solo on a defense that had a bunch of first round picks. And the thing about him is he's faster than your typical safety. I mean, I don't know what his 40 speed is. I don't care. But when you watch him play, he closes the distance between wherever he is and wherever the ball carrier is in minimal amount of time. And when he makes a tackle, he rarely misses one. I mean, when, when he gets his hands around a guy, that guy goes down. When you're watching tape and you see him shoot the hole and tackle a running back, you swear it's a, a linebacker every time yeah. you see him play. There was only one faster safety. At the combine, Ted, that was Nick Cross from Maryland. He was 0.3 seconds behind having the top time at the combine for safety. Wow. So he checks that box all the way. You know, it's funny. He started off, he was a player of the year in Massachusetts in high school in 2017. He was the player of the year, the whole state. He transferred and went to uh, Trinity Christian High School for his senior year for more exposure. And the offensive coordinator at Trinity Christian when he was a senior was Deion Sanders. And really? I imagine, even though Dion was the OC, I imagine Dion had a lot of practice time with Lewis Seen. That had to have helped coming down the line. Wow. He had four scholarship offers. Alabama, Georgia, Michigan, and Ohio State. He spurned our schools, Ted. Probably the last time we're going to talk about him. <laughs> 
he made the right choice. They won the national championship last year, so we can't fault him for that. You are so right about the closing speed. He's on the player. He doesn't miss the tackle. He's good in coverage. He could probably be the best overall safety in this draft. And I know the Notre Dame fans are yelling at me right now, but he uh, picks up routes fast, very decisive, tremendous instincts in the secondary. He looks really polished back there at coverage, whether it's short, long speed, whatever. I think he's a starter week one. That's not a bash on Bynum. I'm actually looking forward if they run the three safeties with Harrison Smith, Bynum, and Lewis Seen. I don't know how often they're going to do that, but that is going to be fun to watch, Ted Glover. Well, speaking of the depth, this, this just kind of rolls right into back to our training camp battles. You've got Mike Brown, Cam Bynum, Miles Thorne, Josh Metellus, and the great veteran Harrison Smith. You talked about Bynum. Last year, Bynum had to start. I think Harrison Smith got COVID or had to sit because of COVID protocols or whatever the reason was. And Bynum played, I think his season debut was that Baltimore game where we talked about Kane Wang earlier. He had a great season. He made quite the first impression, and in limited playing time, he played very well. So you think Lewis Seen and Harrison Smith are going to be your starting safeties week one, and Seen is going to overtake Cam Bynum? I do. Some guys are just better football players than others, Ted. Lewis Seen is a dynamic, athletic DB. I think he has a chance to be the next great safety in the long line of safeties that we've had here with the Vikings. You mentioned, you know who they are, Kraus. Joey Browner, yeah. Harrison Smith. Kurtnoff. Kurtnoff, yeah. Kurtnoff. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Keith Moore, let's give him a shout-out. I think he does have a chance to be one of those really special players. And you talked about using three safeties on the field. I think the Vikings called that the big nickel package a couple of years ago. When J. Ron Kirsch got out of the field, it's 2019, 2020, they used that. I'm just trying to figure out where they would play Cameron Bynum over a guy like Booth or Sullivan or maybe even Caleb Evans if, if he plays very well in preseason. And I, I'm excited to see it. I'm not saying they shouldn't. I'm not saying they should. Because they've got a lot of youth now in the secondary. And the difference between, I think, this season and the last couple seasons is that that talent looks a lot more promising than it was a couple, three years ago. I agree 100%. You know what else they have back there on the defense? Disguisability. Cam Bynum played corner at Cal. He's new at safety, but he can play corner. Donatel can take all these guys and say, Hey, offensive coordinators, you don't know what the hell is coming at you from the <laughs> But now you said last year they were going to move Bynum to safety because he just didn't have the physical skills. He doesn't have the speed him. either. Speed, okay. But you still think they might just, just to disguise coverages, they could throw Bynum in on the I outside? I think so. And, dude, that, that's getting me fired up. This reminds me, with Booth and Lewis Seen getting drafted this year, this reminds me a lot of 1981 when the Niners took Ronnie Lott from USC, and they took Eric Wright from Missouri. Those two guys came in and completely changed the secondary for the Niners and made them a championship defense. They did. This reminds me of it with Booth and Scene. It does, Ted. It really does. Wow. Okay. So we both have Scene starting with Harrison Smith and then Ed Ingram potentially starting week one at right guards. We have potentially two rookies making the starting lineup for the Vikings. Time out. Let's stop for a second. My head is on fire. I got to get this thing off my head. All right. That'll about do it for our draft pick review depth chart analysis. We're going to take a quick commercial break, throw you some spy versus spy. We'll yeah. come back with some trivia and we will wrap up the show.
Okay, I know you're anxious to jump right in and start speaking English, but there are just a couple of things I need to know first because I've never done this before. So, how many of you would say you speak English fairly well, but with some difficulty? A little English? Okay, that's really very good. I'd like to try it just one more time, and then we'll call it a day. I made it on a Monday and my heart stood still. Somebody told me that her name was Jill. have ever played for the Bengals or the Panthers. Can you name two of them? Teddy Bridgewater. No, wait, wait. <laughs> I, I give up. I am a delicious one-by-one one invite. What am I? Lindsay Lohan's profile, <laughs> dating profile thing. Hi, my name is Lindsay, and I'm searching for love. How the hell do you know that, brother? I, I'm... If Reggie's the barbecue smokehouse king, I'm the barbecue smokehouse court jester. <laughs> this is the only non-kicker Vikings player to wear number one. Who is Warren Moon? That is correct. Ted Sheets. <laughs> the Vikings defeated this Who's team. Chicago Bears? Chicago. That's right, Ted got it. 200 for Ted. Vintage Vikings for 300. The most famous Vikings. I hate Ted Glover, I hate him! Let's jump right into it, Kuntzers. Potato head. <laughs> Shut up, pineapple boy! <laughs> Sammy White! It's not, uh... 91. Oh! Who is Jake Reed? Yes. That is correct. Drew, you wouldn't have gotten it anyways because you seem to refuse to put it in the form of a question. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Tunes, I've gotten to this age, I do things by my own rules. Maybe that's because Drew is baked! <laughs> it's, it's the. <laughs> He's been baked like a potato for most of his life. If that's not, <laughs> if that's not the secret phrase, I'm quitting Vikings. <laughs> Number 11 in 2016. Who is Laquan Treadwell? Free Stump would also have been an acceptable <laughs> answer. <laughs> right, Motley Crue bassist Nikki Six's mother once dated this former Vikings player. I dated all the Viking players. That's terrible. We are um, looking for just one, Drew. Uh, Nikki Six. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I got smashed like a potato shoot. I got baked. 
Embroiled. What's it called, Ted, when you bake it twice baked or something? Twice baked. Twice you baked got, potato? You got scalloped. You got twice baked. I got to say that pineapple uh, has hair about as accurate as I do in real life. So. <laughs> Great throwback trivia segment, Ruby. Thank you very much. That will put a bow on episode 71. Thanks for being a, a great co-host, Ruby. Thanks for all the editing magic you do that makes me, even though I'm jet lagged, this is going to make me look not jet lagged when it's all said and done. And it's going to make us look like we know what we're talking about. Folks, we, we really appreciate you watching and joining and liking and subscribing. Follow us on Facebook, Vikings Report, Drew and Ted. Follow us on Twitter at Report Ted, R-E-P-O-R-T-T-E-D. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at Purple Buckeye. Don't forget our, our schedule's changing once we get to the regular season. And for now, buddy, take us home. Ted, thank you for I know you're busy over there. Guy goes to Germany, still has time to do the Viking Report shows. Let's gamer, baby. I'm a gamer. Thank you, thank you, thank you, everyone, for tuning into episode 71. We had a great time. Like and subscribe. We got a bunch of stuff coming up. We are 43 days away from kickoff against the team from Wisconsin. Everything's right around the corner. We're having a great time doing the show. Thank you for all the support. Say goodnight, Ted. Ted. What kind of training, son? Army training, sir! Army training, sir! <laughs> Just like last night, only better! Head! Hatch order! Ho! Order! Ho! Side step! Right! Who out of the chicken cross the road? Take it from the left to the right. Right. Hit. 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 He stepped out of rank, got hit by a tree. He ain't no chicken no more. No. Left leg, left. We did salute.